Hello, welcome to the agroinnovations.com podcast, all things related and debated in agriculture, from appropriate technology to fair trade globalization and organics. I'm your host, Frank Aragona. Today we're going to dive right in with our part two of our Apropedia roundtable with Lonnie Grafman and Kurt Beckman. During the Middle Ages and during the uh, Renaissance, there was a, an actual profession called a tinker. And these were, you know, people that would kind of just tinker around with things naturally and, and find ways to fix them or make them better. Um, within our society, uh, tinkers still exist. They they're kind of tend to be marginalized people um, that work blue-collar jobs and that sort of thing. Um, and when I say marginalized, I mean they're not recognized for their ability as tinkers. Now, in the third world... No, except, except by their family who's to ask him to come over and fix things. Sure. But other than that, yeah, totally. Sure, sure. Um, now, now, in the third world, uh, you know, at least half the population is getting by on their skills as tinkers. So um, that, that's just an observation there. But I want to I throw out a general question and just see who, who wants to answer it. But uh, this, this seems to me an area that's particularly suited to the private sector. And when I say the private sector, I mean specifically not the corporate sector, but uh, small businesses and nonprofits. How can small business get into the, a, the, the open source AT game? Well, Frank, uh, you, you mentioned uh, um, historically about how things worked. And I think um, it's often forgotten about how things were developed even in the U.S., um, the slow development, say, in, in various countries that are rural and, and uh, where education's a little bit low. Well, the U.S. was one of those countries at one time, and, and our pace of development was relatively slow, and, and innovations moved from farm to farm using those tinkers that you refer to. Uh, I think one of the barriers that has occurred, actually, I mean, that development has been going on in those other countries um, at a pace that's probably faster than, than the development in the U.S. was back when, I mean, if you look at a book like uh, The Mystery of Capital by uh, Hernando de Soto in Peru, he actually educated me a little bit about uh, U.S. history on that on that particular topic. But I also think that, that these big, um, the big firms uh, come in with their solutions and so on and, and um, kind of distract and disrupt the, the natural um, uh, osmosis of innovation that happens locally. I think as as more um, tools become available, like Apropedia or Honeybee or other uh, kinds of schemes that allow the the locals to interact more, and a lot of them are now now have uh, cell phone kind of access to uh, internet or, or other kinds of uh, uh, information exchange. That I think we'll get back to the model that that works really well, exactly as you described about um, the smallholder. Um, private guy that that has an idea and is able to uh you know um go down the road help somebody else out um maybe get compensated in in some uh way that's appropriate to the two parties um and uh he get he benefits as you say there's a lot of those folks that um th that's how they how they sustain themselves already um but by by providing some infrastructure to um allow them to connect a little bit better because uh, currently he can only go down the road because that's that's how the information gets around. But potentially uh, he could go, you know, two villages over because he's able to get connected up with that um, person through infrastructure that he's just now gaining access to. Uh, that kind of infrastructure will accelerate um, 
that osmosis in the, in the grassroots area. I mean, uh, you can see this stuff happening. I, I'm not the expert on it, and at the same time, you can see it. You can see it happening in various examples, and I wish I could pull one to mind. But I mean, um, the Jerry Barron story in the Philippines uh, is, in a way, an example, and we have some stories of people in in India as well. But I think that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to power is is going to be returning down to the grassroots. Um, and the dissemination of ideas will accelerate a little bit more, uh, or significantly more, or a magnitude more, and uh, um, it'll really help those groups bootstrap and not be sort of overpowered by um, the larger uh, presence that that is around there. And, and I think that that provides a, a lot of small business opportunities, both in both in those countries and and in the the U.S. working with other countries or other countries working with other countries. There's um, there's lots of opportunities for small businesses that have skills in a certain area to work with um, a community or an individual that's developed open source technologies to bring those to market. There's 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 no reason. In fact, I think that open source technology should be brought to market. Um, the 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 um, premier the 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 highest um, um, license on Apropedia it allows people to use it for to make money. And uh, some people are like, "But aren't you afraid that someone will make money on your idea?" And I'm like, "No, great. Let someone make money on on this idea, as long as they also leave it open source so other people can make money on it and thereby make the technology even better." Um, You'll see examples on Apropedia. There was an individual that made, um, you know, a solar dehydrator and done a bunch of tests on it, and he received a job offer um, for making solar dehydrators. Now, does that mean, oh, great, now there's this, you know, uh, someone's making money on the idea? Yeah, great, someone's making someone's making money on the idea. Hopefully, we'll make solar dehydration something that's just completely commonplace. Um, there's other opportunities. Uh, there's a group I'm working with in Mexico that uh, makes a project co- product called Lechuguia, which um, is used for sponges and mats and ropes, and uh, apparently was sold in the U.S. Um, before uh, before some of the um, the synthetic uh, materials came about. And so, as a small business, it might not be appropriate to go in and say, "Oh, you know, your your product." Um, you know, you should switch to you should switch to synthetics. But maybe as a small business, you can come in and say, okay, how can how can we help bring this to bring this to a larger marketplace again? I think it's time. I think the time the the tides are shifting. Synthetics were 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 the big thing for a while, but now these natural fibers are great, and people have just forgotten what we used to use. As a small business, can we work together so we can you know and, and help you bring this to to market? Uh, Kurt. One of the unique things about Apropedia communities, uh, for for non-development specialists like yourself, uh, the the community allows you to put your skills to to use in the development arena. Um, There are probably a lot of people like yourself who want to get involved, but but they're not quite sure how. What advice would you give them? Um, I would say start. Uh, In fact, I I had been waiting for you know, I said I got engaged about 18 months ago. It was um, many years before that where I thought um, I would like to do something, but wasn't sure what it was. Um, and even when I when I first began to dive in, uh, I just felt like, well, really, I'm going to have to go back to school. As it happens, I'm a I'm very comfortable as a student and and very at home in 
in university, and I thought, well, that's the solution. I'll go get a PhD, um, and and then I'll be able to contribute. Um, and I would say that uh, there are, you know, so many people out there with ideas, as as have been discussed already in the call, and and other functions, other activities are are really um, useful activities that I already knew and didn't realize that they were valuable, and probably other people already know and don't realize that they're valuable. Um, a lot of it, I think, is building awareness um, within, you know, your particular community of, of contacts or friends and, and growing it elsewhere. So um, my strong advice is to say, uh, begin the engagement. I started by blogging because uh, I, my, one of my daughter's blogs and my wife blogs, and, and I thought, well, that's a way to at least begin to articulate my own ideas. You know, it doesn't matter if anybody reads it. Um, the idea that somebody could read it will force me to, you know, think a little bit before I type. And uh, and that really was quite useful. And I did get some people leaving comments and it kind of uh, clarified my own thinking. And I went on to uh, say, hey, you know what? Yeah, the wiki thing. And that's, that's when I got involved there. Um, but to begin to engage, um, it, it actually is a, a bit of a slippery slope. And, and now I, you know, I wake up before the alarm and, and run to check the uh, the uh, the web to see you know what's going on and how I can make a difference and um, you know I used to read political blogs but but now that seems so uh, mundane and passe I'll glance at them once in a while but there's other ways I can be productive using um, my uh, using my extra time away from my day job and and so on where before it was it was sort of uh, treading water um, so just just start you know get, uh, in fact blogs um, have been very valuable to me as well. I went and found uh, a bunch of blogs by people in the development community. Um, you get a sense uh, of what they're doing day to day, um, how the world works for them. There's a bunch of Peace Corps blogs and so on. So um, that was a tool that, you know, there was not a magazine I sub could subscribe to, or if there is, I haven't found it. And, and it's still not as real. I don't I don't have the ability to comment on a magazine or enter into a conversation with a, with uh, the magazine's authors in the same way that you're able to do that um, uh, through the web with people actually on the ground. Uh, and I find that so um, so stimulating to get connected in with people in continents uh, all over the place, so Philippines or Asia or Africa, uh, Latin America, all that stuff. You know, I never had those connections before I began to engage, and now I'm. I'm uh, acquainted with people in all those areas without without really making it a mission of mine. It just naturally happens. Your your interest is sparked and uh, um, and it flows naturally, and you you get engaged, and you're you're aware of all the opportunities that are out there for you to help and make a difference. So let's let's open source this conversation a little bit. Um, is there anything that uh... We haven't talked about or haven't mentioned or, or anything that has come to your mind during this conversation that uh, either of you would like to talk about. Oh boy, I'm sure there's a, there's a hundred things. <laughs> I'd I'd like to piggyback on on Kurt's comments and and uh, and uh, just mention a couple of couple of examples. Um, or actually, just one. I have I have one friend who. Um, who tells me at first she was just a, a, an acquaintance, but she found Apropedia and has um, since become my friend. All she does is uh, copy edit. Every once in a while she comes in. She's not even a registered user. I'm like, just register. Let people know what you're doing. But every once in a while she just comes in and fixes spelling errors. And uh, you know, she told me that 
she actually feels like she's she's helping the world. <laughs> and uh, I'd I'd like to encourage anybody, not just uh, people with the amazing background that that, that Kurt had, but but anybody. It doesn't matter what skill set you have. We, somebody can use it. Um, I, I, I'm sure at Apropedia we definitely can find find a use for you. But there's there's so many ways to engage and change now, and and I'd say go do it. Start engaging now, just like just like Kurt said and like Kurt did. You know the the thing that popped up for me. Frank, when you asked that, uh, what I was thinking was um, a story about Village Earth. Um, and Village Earth actually had started their own AT Wiki. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you're familiar with it, given your background. Um, and I think they may have started it even before Lonnie transitioned um, his uh, website from um, mostly HTTP into into a wiki. Um, but they were they were so busy, Village Earth, doing what they do. Uh, their excellent work in a bunch of different areas about, you know, um, essentially they had a day job in, in international development as well as domestic development because they do a lot of work in um, in uh, Indian lands uh, or, Amer- you know, uh, Native American lands that uh, uh, they were not able to keep up with things like spam on their site and so on. And so we connected up with them and, and said, you know, geez, you guys have some good content here. And uh, at the same time, you don't have the bandwidth to to work on it. So here's a here's a group that really is expert in the field, and um, it, this highlights the the ability for Apropedia to offload that that administrative overhead. I mean, uh, the guy who had set it up, um, Dave Bartecki, the uh, executive director of, of Village Earth, quite technically savvy. It was just a matter of time. So there's there's two kinds of things there. There's the people who aren't technically savvy and, and really don't want to invest the time to learn it and so on. Um, and as a result, you know, Apropedia can help them out there. Then there's uh, other groups and organizations and individuals and so on that that they might have the skills, uh, and it still doesn't matter. There's just there's just really um, no point in in reinventing that wheel, and uh, it's much better for uh, for you to leverage that and go work somewhere else. And then there's this added benefit of having a a centralized um, space where people can go to find things, and just the nature of the way search engines work and so on. Um, that will tend to make your contributions more visible as well. Uh, so you can have a bigger impact with less effort, and uh, you still get the credit. We definitely uh, identify the contributors, and we're looking at ways to do that even uh, do even better jobs of that with organizations and so on. So that was the thing that bubbled up for me when you asked what else there was. Well, that, what, that, go uh, ahead. That, that reminds me. I, I think we might have done what John Peterson had uh, cautioned against. Uh, you had asked about um, uh, about building community, and uh, John Peterson had said, uh, "Don't make it look easy about CSAs." One of the things that that um, we've worked a lot on, and, and Kurt's been on the forefront of with with organizations, is building a, a user base. The the technologies are one thing, and that's something that's been quite hard. But then there's also how bringing the people in and forming a critical mass, and I'm not saying that we're there yet, but uh, but we've definitely reached a, a critical. Uh, we've definitely reached a mass uh, beyond what a lot of the the organizations that joined us what they were able to reach. Um, I don't know how many users we'll have that I'll be like, oh yeah, we're finally at that critical mass. Maybe it's only a few thousand, um, but uh, but that building of community, that's uh, 
that's something I wouldn't like to, to, to gloss over. And that's one of the other things that we've been able to, to, to offer organizations. Yeah, and I'd like to mention one of the big successes of Ubuntu Linux is the fact that they knew from the very outset that we have to build a vibrant community around this. And they set up people whose specific roles were community development, community relations, um, that sort of thing. And, and I think that would attest to the, to the enormous success of Ubuntu Linux. But I want to turn um, to an issue that we haven't addressed yet. And that is, um, you know, this is great. You have this online wiki and it's this big community and you have people at whatever scale, probably in most cases a pretty small scale, uh, building these things. But what is the missing element? I mean, a, a farmer <laughs> in Colombia, you know, they're, they're not going to say, oh, well, I can just go to, uh, you know, the Apropedia wiki and I can look for that. So um, there's obviously... Is there, I, there's only one missing element. I, that's, that's good news. <laughs> um, there's, we have, yeah, we have... We have a lot of uh, you know missing elements, and and I assume just you know because of the nature of humanity that there will always be some missing elements, and we'll just keep developing. Right now, we are mostly just a wiki. Um, I uh, I'm about to I'm about to offend probably a lot of listeners and and half of my half of my core team members, but uh, I really don't like Media Wiki. Um, I uh, I'm offended. I didn't. What's that? You're offended. Said, I'm offended. Oh, okay. um, uh, when when I when I selected MediaWiki as a software, I actually put um, uh, had a student who took it as his task to decide which wiki would be the which software would be the best for what what we were what we had been doing and what we wanted to do, um, and and he picked MediaWiki and he was he was right. Uh, MediaWiki was the best software, um, and it and it still is for for what it does. But um, we have a lot of tools that are missing. One, our language—we have a few other languages on Apropedia right now, but there's there's no language integration um, right now. To write on the wiki, you have to be able to um, write in code. Now, the code is incredibly simple. You know, you got um, a bracket makes a makes a link. You know, um, uh, a couple tick marks makes a bold or an italic. But it's still it it's a level of it, it reduces the level of accessibility. Um, and I, I forget uh, the syntax all the time, and I edit wikis, you know, constantly. I'm yeah. always having to check the references and stuff. Right. Um, and and then there's there's right now we have uh, no real way to make it clear um, how highly rated experts say you know one solution is over another. Um, we can do it, of course, in text. Uh, Right now, to have discussions, um, you kind of have to format the threading yourself. It's not uh, auto-threaded like a lot of forums would be. Um, if you want to, uh, a lot of the cool social networking tools, um, Wiser Earth, for example, has some great social social networking tools where you can see everybody that you're connected to. Um, so that sits over on Wiser Earth and is not not a part of uh, uh, of Aberpedia. In addition, if you want to upload a photo, you have to upload one single photo, and then if you want to edit that photo, you have to edit the photo and then re-upload it. So there's no way, for instance, like Open Architecture Network, where you can at least put tags on a photo. We don't even we don't even have that ability yet. 
Okay. Those are, so those are some of the missing elements. Sure. So so the wiki's a crude tool, and I've written about this on on my blog um, that that we are missing some some big time tools on this, but those will come, I right. think. Um, right. I, and that's go ahead. So the way that the student convinced me, um, and I and this is why he was right, is and this was the one he said all these other things, but the one thing he said that convinced me was, if any tool is going, if any wiki is the wiki that's going to develop into the next thing. It will be MediaWiki, and so that's that's where that's where we are. But but that doesn't really address what I was getting at. Yeah, I wondered about that. Um, yeah, I I believe you were talking beyond technology, beyond what you can do at a particular website. Is that where you were going? Well, let let me let me uh, kind of paint this dichotomy for you that how it exists in my mind. Um, we have this great core of people, you guys, um, in the north that are doing this great work and compiling all this great information. But, and then we have this, these vast needs and all these great people in, in the South uh, that need to get their hands on this and need to work with it and, and need to troubleshoot the bugs and need to find where they can get the materials and, you know, participate and, and actually have these technologies make an impact on their lives. And I would say that's the area where, we're lagging behind as a community um, because I, I just see that the, the appropriate technology development on the, on the information technology end of it is just going to keep going forward. But unless we're really able to make the kind of push that, that we have to make to, you know, alleviate poverty and get people water and, you know, fight global warming and solve this huge energy crisis that we're in, um, you know, we, we need to start making those con connections on the ground. So I wonder if either of you had any comment on that. Well, I, I really feel uh, exactly as you do about that. We um, we can build this infrastructure, you know, and um, if we build it, will they come? Uh, can they come? Um, and we we definitely work hard to reach out to other organizations. Um, in part, what we're trying to do is make it easier for those other organizations that may be NGOs, but they may also be um, local uh, community-based organizations um, and spread the word to say, look, this is available. Um, I think what we were talking about a moment ago about the, the sort of small private enterprise um, opportunities that are out there, um, I, I think um, that's we're not going to make that happen. We're not going to cause it to happen. I think it will happen naturally if you just sort of get out of the way or, or help help them get past some of their obstacles. There are some cases where they have such amazing, you know, such intense obstacles like um, prevalence of AIDS or, or um, malaria or drought or, or something where um, there really is, there are really are barriers that we need to go in. Uh, we need, I mean, we can choose to uh, go in and say, hey, how can we help? And is there, you know, can we provide food and so on? That's not something that Apropedia is going to do, but I mean, we as a, as, um, as humanity, uh, can participate in, but going back to the the situation where um, there are solutions and there are um, intelligent, creative, uh, uh, eager people on the ground that that could implement those. Often the the materials are semi-available. You know, they're in Dar es Salaam, but you're in the sort of the western side over by Lake Victoria. How do you get that stuff? Maybe you're not even aware of it. Um, that that. Uh, the availability of resources is a kind of um, article that uh, Apropedia encourages, as, and we would like to see that develop uh, better so that people in Lake Victoria can find 
who to contact and, and reach out to them a little bit better. We're not going to entirely solve that problem by ourselves. People like AMD uh, with their um, 50 by 15 connectivity um, in the developing world will help those guys connect. Um, but we want to um, really partner with those little organizations and, and offload again. I keep going back to that offload point, offload their um, internet infrastructure problems so that they can focus on getting those um, uh, ideas distributed and making people aware and and letting them know also about the resources uh, that maybe now and then email or whatever it is that they can leverage um, via the internet. Uh, essentially, what I'm hearing in your in your comment is about bridging these gaps. There are there are many gaps, um, and there are ways to bridge them, and we have to diligently go find them. Um, but the, the one thing that's encouraged, we can go see on our um, uh, on our stats page and so on where access is coming from, you know, based on IP addresses and so on, who and in, in which countries are coming to see us. And even though we're largely in English now, we're, we are still getting a growing amount of of access from the foreign countries, and, and uh, we are also very eager to make it more accessible by making it available in, in other languages. So I don't know if I talked a little bit about um, the kind of thing that you're, you're referring to, um, but I agree completely that that's the... the uh, those are the issues that matter uh, at least as much as as getting a an easier wiki editing tool. Right. Um, I have I, I have two two more in ad, in addition or kind of uh, in conjunction with one is that um, exciting mixed with exciting news is last week Apropedia received our 501c3 um, tax exempt tax exempt status. One of the reasons that we we wanted that is so that we'd be able to um, afford people to go into the field and help help communities highlight their appropriate technologies, and at the same time figure out what we need to change about Apropedia to make it more accessible. Um, so there's a there's a, a twofold you know, two direction thing that we need to do in in a lot of communities, um, and that's to um, help those communities highlight what they have, and also help those uh, um, give a conduit for those communities to make us be able to serve better. Um, the other one is that there's organizations uh, like the One Laptop Per Child group that's looking at ways of of um, providing uh, offline information, and Apropedia has partnered with them to provide some of the Apropedia content as offline information because it, it's true that you know not everybody has access to the internet in fact most people don't um, so providing ways for people to engage in in sites like Apropedia offline so that they could have the information offline uh, interact with it offline and then those few times that they do get near an internet connection be able to re upload that feedback back to the organization download new changes I think that those things could help a lot and I, I just want to say, um, as, a, as a final note, I, I do want to wrap this uh, podcast up here, but I do see some convergence. And uh, just today, I uh, edited uh, our Appropedia page um, and got on the village pump there. And what we're looking to do is very much uh, what I'm suggesting, is find ways to leverage your uh, community of users to get these some of these appropriate technologies developed, uh, validated, deployed, and then possibly commercialized in the field. 
um, and we do have uh, quite a network of people, um, particularly in Bolivia, South America, uh, these types of people, tinkers and innovators and, and that sort of thing. And we want to link them up with uh, people in the Propedia community. So uh, go check it out and uh, please get in touch with us if you're interested. Thank thanks you very much, Frank. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it's It's been great, and hopefully we can uh, do this again sometime. Fantastic. All righty. That concludes our Apropedia podcast. I want to thank, once again, Lonnie Grafman and Kurt Beckman for their participation and for sharing their insights, and also thank them for the great work they're doing. If you haven't uh, had a chance to check it out, then go to www org. We will link to that on our website. We want to hear from you. Send us your comments, your questions, podcast at agroinnovations.com. That does it for today's show. I'm your host, Frank Aragona. This is the agroinnovations.com podcast. Saludos. <laughs>